Hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else. Now, I apologize for my voice. My sinuses are having a field day right now. But I just want to talk real quick about the league that I've started with my playgroup and where it's going. We're currently still on a slight hiatus just because everybody's so busy and we haven't been able to play this month yet, but I have mentioned previously that we're putting some new rules in so that the games don't get super stagnant. One of those rules is there is a limit on the number of times you can play a commander. So... From my pool, I built two decks, which is the Helia, the Radiant Dawn, and Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger, and I played each of them twice. So for this month, I've kept them together, I've just updated them with cards that I opened, and I get two more plays out of each of them, and then next month I will swap. My... Uh, box that I started with was uh, March of the Machine and then after the first month we get to add six packs of a set that was standard and for this year's league we decided uh, that would include anything that was released in 2023 and anything upcoming in 2024. So for my second one I already had the six Phyrexia packs set aside, so that's what I went with. And that did add four legendary creatures to my pool, uh, those being Venser, Corpse Puppet, Solifem, Mayhem, Dominus, Geth, Thane of Contracts, and Atraxa, Grand Unifier, and... Yeah, I don't know. I've got a lot to choose from for what I want to build next. And I've got to decide what packs I want to add next. I am leaning towards uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. But I also haven't really been looking at anything for Murders at Karlov Manor. So once I actually stop ignoring the internet for a little bit and actually see what's going on with that side, I might choose to go that direction. Uh, but let's just talk about a little bit of... Uh, what I did end up changing in the two decks that I have. So, ironically, they both had 21 cards that got changed out. Uh, one of the bigger pickups for the Heliod deck was actually just more Phyrexian stuff. Uh, because I had stuff that cared about Phyrexians in there, but not a ton of Phyrexians to begin with. Uh, but also things that proliferate, uh, Phyrexian Atlas, I actually picked up two of these in the six packs that I opened, so there's one in each deck. Then just, like, combat tricks, and a counterspell, and cantrips, and then a bunch of flyers which kind of fit into the sub-theme too. So like uh, Basilica Shepherd, which is a 5-mana 3-3 flying Phyrexian Angel, but when it enters you get two of the um, 
one one Phyrexian Mites. Or Apostle of Invasion, which is four white white for a four four Phyrexian Angel with flying and corrupted. And as long as uh, an opponent has three or more poison counters, the Angel of Invasion has double strike. Uh, other than that, it's just a lot of utility stuff. And then lands. Uh, for Heliad in general, it's uh, the Seed Core. I opened a foil one of those. Uh, taps add a colorless, and you can tap to add one man of any color, but spend this only to cast Phyrexian creature spells. But it has corrupted, and you can tap it and give target one one creature plus two plus one till end of turn. Activate only if an opponent has three or more poison counters. So this, I included it mostly because I did add things that make the one one mites and a couple one one flyers, and I opened. I believe every one of the colored sphere lands besides the green one. So this one got the white and the blue one, and obviously Kroxa got the red and the black one. Now on Kroxa's side, I ended up, well, A, with more Phyrexian things that um, care about stuff dying. Uh, a reanimation spell, some draw spells, a couple removal spells... And, yeah, like, the, I think the big pickup here is really just the removal spells and the lands. That, that was something I noticed that the deck had been missing in its first uh, form. So, uh, let's see, what do we got here for removal spells? First up, we have Raska's Fall, which is two and a black. For an instant, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker and gets a poison counter. Uh, this one doesn't care so much about the poison counters like the Heliod deck does, but it does have some toxic in there now. The... Oh, where'd it go? Oh, Rebel Salvo. Which is two in red for an instant with affinity for equipment. I will tell you there's no equipment in here. But deals 5 damage to target creature or planeswalker. That planes that permanent loses indestructible till end of turn. Uh, that is more relevant than I can explain. Because <laughs> I did almost lose to something just having indestructible in the last game we played. Uh, we've got a Whisper of the Dross, which just gives a creature neg 1, neg 1, and then proliferates. Annihilating Glare, which uh, destroys a target creature or planeswalker. It's just, uh, yeah, I just have my decks ready for this month's league games whenever we get to them. And until we get to them, they shall sit on my desk and wait. Alright, enough about those. I'm going to wrap this section up, and then when we come back, I'm going to talk about a legendary deck that I've been putting together. I'll be right back. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me... You can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always 
put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, a while back, I had built a... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Shannon Sleeper's Scourge deck, which is... Uh, one and Mardu for a 2-4 human knight with menace. Other legendary creatures you control have menace. And whenever you play a legendary land or cast a legendary spell, you draw a card and lose a life. And it didn't quite play the way I wanted it to. It never seemed to get off the ground. And so I tore it apart to build some other stuff and pieces of it were just kind of sitting in a box. Well, I was going through stuff, and I found a copy of Queen Marchesa. Now, Queen Marchesa is one and Mardu for a 3-3 human assassin with death, touch, and haste. When she enters the battlefield, you become the monarch, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is the monarch, put a plus uh, put a 1-1 black assassin creature token with death, touch, and haste onto the battlefield. And I just kind of started pulling cards, and I was like, oh yeah, I still have the Sanid, and I have this thing, and this thing, and this thing. And I threw this together. So, Queen Marchesa is the commander, but I kind of built the deck around three... I don't necessarily want to call them secret commanders, but like three lieutenants. The first one being Sanid... Sleeper Scourge, the second one being Alesha Who Smiles at Death, and the last one being Rosie Cotton of South Lane. So, breaking down uh, where they fit for Sanid, there are 44 other legendary creatures and lands and other stuff, so that's pretty self-explanatory. Now, for Alesha Who Smiles at Death, she's 2 in red for a 3-2 human warrior with first strike. When she attacks, you can pay 2 hybrid white-black. If you do, return target creature card with power 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. There are, I believe it's 20 cards that she can get back from the graveyard. Uh, but that also includes, in that number both Sanid, Sleeper Scourge, and Rosie Cotton of South Lane. So we can continually rebuy them with her. Now, as for Rosie Cotton of South Lane, two and a white for a 1-1 Halfling Peasant. When she enters the battlefield, create a food token. Whenever you create a token, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control other than Rosie. I have not as many ways to make tokens, but I do have, like, around 10, which is kind of, like, where I put the, the number for it to be a sub-theme, is, like, 10 cards that care about a thing. And, yeah, from there, 
we're just gonna go into some of the other cards that are included that do things now that we have like an idea of what the deck is trying to do overall first up from the same precon that Santa is from we have the face commander Dahada binder of wills which is one and Mardu for a five loyalty legendary planeswalker it has a plus two for up to one target legendary creature gains vigilance lifelink and indestructible until your next turn which is just a good way to like keep your commander around uh, it has a negative three Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put any number of legendary cards from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Create a treasure token for each card put into your graveyard this way. Uh, we do have, I want to say it's like three creatures that aren't legendary that just care about the things we're doing. So they got included. But other than that, those couple of cards, a couple of instants and sorceries and some lions, she's going to hit basically every time uh, and then negative 11 gain control of all non-land permanents until end of turn untap them they gain haste until end of turn which is just you know insurrection uh, moving to the next one we have Mary Squire of Rohan which is a red and a white for a 2-2 halfling knight uh, they have haste and first strike as long as it's equipped. But what we really care about is whenever you attack with Mary and another legendary creature, draw a card. Uh, that's also kind of in the list of things that uh, Alesha can get back. We really can't talk about a Mardu legendary deck without talking about like one of the first... Mardu Legends to really be built. And that's Zergo Helm Smasher 2 and Mardu for a 7-2 Orc Warrior with haste. Attacks each combat if able. Has indestructible as long as it's your turn. And whenever a creature dealt damage by Zergo, this turn dies. Put a plus one plus one counter on Zergo. Next up we have Kadric, Soul Kindler. Two red white for a four three dwarf wizard that says the legend rule doesn't apply to tokens you control. And then whenever another non token legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one. If you do, you create a copy of it. It gains haste, sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, that's one of the cards that goes with uh, Rosie because obviously you have them both out. You make a token, you pay one making the token, put a counter on something, stuff like that. Uh, next up we have Denethor, Ruling Steward, one white-black for a 2-4 human noble. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died under your control this turn, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token, and you can pay two, sacrifice another creature to have each opponent lose one life, and you gain one life. Next up we have Wernog. Rider's Chaplain, which is uh, the in-universe version of one of the Friends Forever cards. I don't know which one. Uh, it is a white and a black for a 1-2 human. When Warnog enters or leaves the battlefield, each opponent may investigate. Each opponent who doesn't loses one life. 
and you investigate x times where x is 1 plus the number of opponents who investigated this way. So, especially with the, like, rebuying it with Alesha, but then, like, we just had something that can sacrifice things. Uh, this is one of the ones that we don't mind looping in and out of our graveyard. Next up, we have uh, Elishnorn Grand Cenobite, 5 white white for a 4-7 Phyrexian Praetor with Vigilance. Other creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2. Creatures you opponents control get minus 2, minus 2. This is one of those cards that people play when they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to play this, kill all of your defenders, and then win the game. That's essentially what it's doing here. Uh, next up, we have Anafenza, Kintree Spirit. White, white for a 2 2 Spirit Soldier. Whenever another non token creature you control or enters the battlefield under your control, bolster one. Drana, Liberator of Malakir, one black, black for a 2 3 Vampire Ally with Flying and First Strike. Whenever Drana, Liberator of Malakir, deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. I, I like Drana mostly for the uh, Alesha plan because Alesha can attack, get Drana back, tapped and attacking. Drana hits with first strike, puts a counter on everything else, including Alesha. Rinse and repeat, right? Now, I did mention a few non-legendary creatures, and uh, one of the ones I want to talk about is Lich Guard. Which is two and a black for a two three Necron, and it has Guardian Protocols, which is an ability where you pay three and a black, sacrifice Lich Guard, return all legendary creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. So uh, this is one of the ways we put in there to get back, namely the Alesha. But if we don't have Alesha and we need to get back, say, Sanded or Rosie, we can just rebuy them that way. And it wouldn't be a legendary deck without some legendary sorceries. The first one we're going to talk about is Urza. Ruinous Blast. Four and a white. Legendary sorcery. Exile all non-land permanents that aren't legendary. Pretty self-explanatory. Next up, we have Primeval's Glorious Rebirth. Five, white-black for a legendary sorcery. Return all legendary permanent cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, that's kind of it in a bottle. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. And who knows, maybe it won't stick around forever, but... So far, I've only had one Mardu deck that really stuck, and that's my Mardu equipment deck. And I would like to have something other than that to pull out every once in a while when I want to play Mardu. So, yeah, that's that's kind of it. I guess this is where I'm going to call this one. And I hope you all have a good whatever time you happen to be listening to this. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. 
I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.